0: Welcome to a new edition Of the Neon Jazz Interview Series With Toronto Jazz vocalist Composer and arranger Jackson Welchner We talked about his new 2023 album called Blink Twice Described as a bold Lush and bountiful Contribution To Toronto's jazz landscape Exuding an eclectic Collection of deep grooves And angular melodies Ranging from chamber jazz To string quartet To hard-hitting punk Jackson's compositions Cover all the bases He is a musician That always strives To serve the music And over the years He's performed with a wide variety of ensembles, enjoy this interview.
1: Again, Jackson, thanks for reaching out to Neon Jazz. Thanks for taking a minute out. And before we get into Blink Twice and your life and music, you know, COVID was quite a thing for all of us. And I want to kind of ask you—you know—really hit the musician community harder than anybody yeah. else. How did you survive that time period, and how has it subsequently changed the way that you live your life and, and, and approach music now?
2: Yeah, you know, it's, it's a it's a great question and. Uh when I started when the pandemic started I was teaching a lot. Um and I was doing a lot of uh freelance stuff right before. I think actually on March thirteenth when it became uh pandemic or it was announced, I was in I was in Buffalo doing um a, a show with um John Osborne and Christine Duncan and uh we had the show like um in in this church and no one showed up or very few people showed up because everyone thought that like the world was going to end. So past that point, I did a lot of teaching um, and teaching online uh, really kept me going. I I feel like um, for me and my like artistic uh, thing, whatever you want to call it, uh, being able to talk about uh, like music with people uh, every day really kept me from going into like a a place where I I couldn't even think about music. So I'm really grateful for like my students and being set up in that uh, space at the beginning of the pandemic. And then since then, with more opportunities popping up, it kind of just feels like, like since I guess 2021, um, it's been like spring again, in a sense, like everything was just so cold and um, uh, sterile. Like I didn't know if I would be able to sing or make music or do anything again. And, uh, especially in Toronto, I'm not sure what it was like uh, in other parts. Um, but in Toronto it was very like militant. Everyone was, and still is, I think. Um, but, uh, very, very cautious. Um, coming out of that, uh, has, has been wonderful, a little bit intimidating, but, uh, mostly just wonderful. Um, I had to kind of redefine it for myself because I went to school for voice. So my identity, a lot of my musical identity was wrapped up in in uh, being a singer. Um and then when the pandemic happened uh um singing um singing outside was considered like a I don't know if I don't, I don't know the legality of it. I can't remember if it ever became a legal thing, but I know that for a, a, a health thing Uh, people said that uh, public singing was like a no, no, you couldn't do public singing anymore because that was like a a transfer germs and all of that public singing. So I had to kind of, I I internalized that for a sec and I started focusing my attention to other instruments because I play other things and I found that um, playing bass and playing electric bass, um, I found a lot of joy in that and I, uh, since then, I've become like a professional electric bass player, which is something I couldn't have anticipated before the pandemic. But now I'm playing with, um, uh, jazz people, punk, rock, folk singers, um, on electric bass. And that's, that's been feeling like really good. It's a really different thing for me, but I've been really enjoying it. And I don't think I would have gotten there without, um, having to face the pandemic.
1: Well, and I think along with like you're saying, you know, there's levels of rebirth, the new, you know, instrument and new things going on. Blink Twice is the latest album. It has to feel good with things opening up to have that material for live shows. So overall, kind of talk to me about that idea of it coming out and kind of how you put this project Ooh. together.
2: Yeah. So all of these songs have been songs that I've written in the past six or seven years. From uh, being really freshly green in, in jazz school and learning all this like really fun harmony and all these and being really steeped in all of these different musical ideas, so all of this music is uh, incredibly rich and almost um, uh, um, maybe almost too rich. I think there's, there's lots of ideas going, and um, my my biggest goal has just been to make it sound very cohesive and. I, I don't know if I if I uh, if I actually uh, did that, but it, it's definitely a, a, a challenge for what it was because there's just so many ideas being thrown around with the, with these compositions. Um, so this is kind of a um, I've pieced together all of this music that I've been uh, working on for a long time, um, and part of this album was a learning experience for me to produce and and record my own music because going through my uh my background isn't at all in music production so this was a uh, something that I could uh learn as I went and I'm so excited that all of that's done and I've learned quite a big deal and now I have to figure out how to perform all of all of this music because it it goes in so many different directions and the orchestration like some of these songs have strings some of these songs have vibraphone, um, blink, not blink twice, uh, when you are, the first single, has all of this auxiliary percussion that I know that I can't b- bring with me to every, uh, uh, live show. And I'm still trying to figure that out, um, how, how I'm going to be able to present this. It's going to either be stripped down, uh, in like a trio or a quartet. Um, I have, I have a performance, like, um, an album release performance on April 7th. And what it seems to be looking like for now is I'll, I'll be taking all of these and re re uh, arranging them as songs for solo bass and voice and maybe some looping. I'm not sure how I'm going to do that, but uh <laughs> mm. it's it's, it's going to happen.
1: Talk to me a little bit about how this music journey began for you. How did you not only get into music, but how did jazz become the seed that grew into who you are today?
2: Yeah, I mean I I wish that I could say that I was like growing up listening to jazz and um I was like really into it as a child, but it really wasn't the case. Um growing up I, I played guitar since I was six. That was my main instrument uh growing up and um my my first introduction to music was through like Americana. Um so I I learned a lot of um yeah, I learned a lot of Americana music as like a as a as a child and then growing out of that I did some musical theater. Um when I was in high school I was really into um progressive metal. Like dream theater taught me to use my ears and like hear different sounds. Um that I guess I would have been able to pick up if I had been steeped in the jazz thing. But the closest thing I got to jazz growing up was Sealy Dan. Um, and Sealy Dan was always on in the house. And I think I, I tried to put a lot of that influence into this album um, of Sealy Dan. I know that it's a bit... Uh, where where I'm from, I feel like it's a bit taboo to, to be like, oh, I love Sealy Dan. Um, maybe not so much anymore. Maybe I'm dating myself. I think Sealy Dan is, is great. I think... uh But yeah, so go, going into... Going out of high school, I knew that I wanted to do something in music, but they didn't have any um, progressive rock, progressive metal um, programs at any universities that I knew, and I didn't want to do classical. I couldn't uh think that I could spend four years studying classical music, which of course I, I definitely could have, but at that point it wasn't my, my interest. So I went into jazz school knowing very little about actual jazz or the history or what works, what doesn't. I had a pretty strong theory background because that's just what my brain loves to loves to play, is uh, just thinking about music ideas and whatever. Um, so that, that, I think, opened up the genre for me pretty quickly. And it took me six months to discover that I really love jazz. But it wasn't like that at the very beginning.
1: So, what was the first live jazz show you ever saw in person?
2: Oh, oh, that's an excellent question. I guess you know I would I would go to um, the Rex in Toronto and and see uh, and see students and my professors. Um, the first live jazz—that's an interesting question. I don't know if I if I if I know off the top of my head. I should I should know that though.
1: No, that's fine. I mean, you've already just kind of mentioned that you saw you know a lot of people students and whatnot so I guess my question to kind of pinpoint this a little bit who on the modern landscape would you love to catch live say if they came through Toronto who would you love to see
2: mm, yeah well I'll, I'll see Robert Glasper as many times as I can and I I, I just heard that he I, I don't know what he won on the Grammys but he just he just won something last night or yesterday uh anyway yeah Robert Glasper I'd love to see Thundercat, I still haven't seen yet. Um, Thundercat is a massive influence to me. Um, I haven't seen Brad Meldow. Uh, I need to see Brad. Um, Ashai Cohen, I'm, I'm really into. Uh, the, the bass player. Oh, I know, I know it's already a great list, but one of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of, one of the, the, the big, um, when, I, when I first went to New York, uh, the first show that I saw was with, um, Haishaan Sori, the drummer, and um Ambrose Zairi, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, but I, I could be wrong. Um, uh Ambrose on trumpet and uh that that was transformative. The the, the free ex- exploration um the, the free jazz is something I'm really interested in.
1: Yeah, I just caught Miguel Zanon in Kansas City a few weeks ago with a quartet and it was wow, I, I've never seen anything like that um, in a live setting. It's amazing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When you see things like that, it just totally changes. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's strange how, I guess it's not strange, maybe it is for me because I'm not a musician, but it, the, the stark difference between the music you see live versus on a recording, I mean, you well,
2: know, yeah. the
1: album. Yeah, I mean, the album that he put out was, Noise vibration—that's—it's that's quite refreshing.
2: Um, oh, definitely, yeah. And it, it's yeah. there's some there's some things that need to be experienced in person, and there's oh, and there's sure. some things that can just be like uh, documented, but a lot of a lot of that energy needs to be uh, felt. Definitely,
1: absolutely, absolutely, it does. So it, on this ride that you're on in jazz, you know, there's a lot of aspects of it that go into it, like talking to getting interviewed about a new album, making a new album, marketing in it, performing live mm. teaching. There's a myriad of yeah. things that go into it. But what do you like the best about this, um, this process of being a professional musician? What do you look forward to the most?
2: I really look, look forward to, um, well, you know, it's, it's always changing and there's always different hats that I have to wear, you know, and it's, it's important to to be interested in, interested in at the very least in all of it. Um, right now after cuz i i had mixed this album myself and i i found a lot of joy in that um i mean it's also very difficult to kind of get over yourself and and uh be analytical to that to that level about your own work um but the process was fascinating to me um and i'm definitely going to do more of that um mixing and and producing other artists and i i want to be uh that I think uh in the community. Um to so just kind of help help people get over the 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 computer production barrier of, of music. Because it's one of those things that I think um a lot of musicians aren't prepared for is um uh, some some are and they're very lucky, but a lot of musicians aren't prepared to um make their own music um outside of a live context which is what I was coming from. Um, so I, w- I want to do more of that. Uh I love composing. I want to I'm really eager to put let this blink twice sit sail <laughs> and um and write new music. Uh it's probably going to be a completely different um sound and and um direction than Blink Twice because I do feel like uh this music is is so rich and and uh, and detailed. Um, and if I were to make new music, it wouldn't it wouldn't sound the same because I'm coming at it from a different place. It'd be all post pandemic, and I'm really excited to to hear what that sounds like. So yeah, I want to produce. I want to write more music, uh, and I I want to do more teaching. You know, it's it's funny. Like, I just kind of want to do more of the same, but just more of it.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and that's kind of a question that you kind of answered already. I know that everybody's kind of waking up and doing things a little bit differently now. that COVID, the, the restrictions have been eased, and people are getting out there, so it's good to see that everybody's alive. It's like I still have PTSD to a certain degree when I look down and I see that March date for a jazz release, because I remember... Yeah. All of those albums in March that still came through and no one knew what was going on. And there was a level of it to me, from my perspective, that was comforted because the music world didn't stop on a dime. But at the same time, it was bittersweet because I just knew that, you know, there was so many dreams and ambitions for a lot of musicians that were getting ready to gear up in the spring. So to see this three years after the fact, to see on March 17th, St. Patrick's Day is coming out, you got all these dreams and hopes afloat float it's really good to see that things are happening.
2: Yeah, definitely. I didn't even know it was um, St. Patrick's Day until uh, one of my good friends had told me. And I was like, oh, okay, that's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, typically some of these days kind of evade my radar. There was a musician that had one that got released one day after my birthday this year. And it was funny because there was a show on HBO about the rapture. It was it was based on a book, but it was there was a morning where the rapture happened and, and half of the people were gone and it was actually on October 14th. Mine's on the 13th, but it was on the 14th. And I was just kind of musing about that. Sometimes the dates will just stick out for whatever reason for however it works in our brains. But yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it's good to see that this is happening. So um, talk to me a little bit about where anybody out there can pick up the album find out more about you, live shows coming up, anything related just to anything with this album in your world.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, right now, um, uh, When You Are, the first single, and Pleasant, um, they're both available for streaming on anywhere that you, you stream things. Uh, Bandcamp will also have those two uh, singles, as well as I think I put scrolling up there as well um as um a pre order available uh song to listen to. But uh bandcamp seeming that's that's all under my name Jackson Welchner. Um to to be up to date with uh performances and what I'm doing in my life, it's best to probably follow me on Instagram. Is Welchner Music. Um W E L C H N E R music. Um yeah, I try to keep my, my website updated, but if I if I can't, then best best place is uh, Instagram, I think right now.
1: Excellent, Jackson. Hey, thank you very much for reaching out. Thank you for the music. Good luck with everything as the world opens up and we move forward. It's great to see you guys out there.
2: Thank you
0: so much, Joe, and thanks for spending the time. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest cats in Toronto, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Jackson for his time, energy, and cool. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, visit us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or subscribe to us on YouTube. And you can find all things Neon Jazz at the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends.
1: Neon Jazz.